Vamos! Welcome back, bienvenidos a la podcast FBA Lifestyle! Uh, anyways, uh, let's just jump right into it. Amazon conversion rate optimization. If you want to know how to optimize, optimize that conversion rate for your Amazon page, this is the podcast for you. Tag a friend, share it with a friend who is getting into Amazon selling or currently selling on Amazon. I'll hop it, pass it off to payment to introduce our speaker. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, greetings, wherever you in the world you are. Uh, we're very excited to have a very special guest, my good friend, Anthony Francesco. I met him last year in Hong Kong doing Global Sources. He was one of the speakers, super, super smart guy. And I've been following him, he's doing a lot of good things. So, uh, Anthony, the floor is yours, buddy. All right, Riley, Payman, thanks so much for having me on. Guys, today I'm going to be walking through best practices for conversion optimization. I'm going to share my screen here. You guys let me know. Uh, let me know if you can see it. Does everything look okay? Yeah, yeah, it looks great. I see best practices for conversion optimization. Let's go. All right, let's jump into it. So and this is... I swear I know that girl. Is that... Okay, anyways, that looks... <laughs> Which one? I, know. <laughs> I, I guess you might know her. I don't know. So... Uh, no, I, I do. She lives in Thailand. Her name is... Uh, her name is uh, Jazz. And wow. she and she's featured in this stock photo. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Anyway, that was a that was a, a quick random ass thing. Go ahead and proceed. Let's get it. Shoot. Can you guys can you guys hear me? Is it is it all coming through? Yeah, I can hear you good. Okay. I'm just gonna keep my video. I'm just gonna keep my video off, and you guys let me know if uh, th does it still sound okay? Yeah. Yep. Sounds okay. good. Everything looks good. All right. So we're gonna just jump in here. Um, real quick, just about myself, you know, kind of who, who I am. My name is Anthony Cofrancesco. Uh, just a couple quick things. I'm a college dropout, 26 years old. I visited 53 countries and normally I live full time in Manila, Philippines, but I was traveling for a work conference and uh, on my way to a conference in, in, in Vegas from Prague. And so now I'm, I've been stuck here since COVID in, in Maryland in the United States. Uh, just a little bit about myself in terms of my professional background. I started off, I worked for almost a year at Amazon in fulfillment center operations, really liked the job a lot, but I got an offer uh, about a year in after working in Houston from uh, an individual that I knew. And he said, hey, why don't you quit your job at Amazon, move out to the Philippines and help me scale this creative agency called Virtuous Graphics. And so that creative agency centered all around uh, what to do and how to optimize listings using photography, graphic design, copywriting, and video. So when I got there, there was about seven employees. We scaled it to more than 20 full-time team members and were able to sell that business back in September of 2019. So as you can imagine, I didn't make enough money to just stop completely working. And so a tool that I was using uh, a lot and integrated into our service offerings at Virtuous Graphics was a company called PicFu. So I pitched them on coming on board and, and helping to spread the message and get PicFu into more sellers' hands. So a real quick overview about what this talk is going to cover. It's going to cover things like product design, packaging, infographics, and photos. Now, this is going to be a lot of slides. It's going to be a lot of information, but we just really don't have too much time to, to jump into everything. So we won't be doing copywriting, video, A-plus, or storefront design. Really, too, what we're going to talk about Well, last year, Anthony. Let's Anthony, try turning yeah. off our video cameras, payment, see if that helps the connection. Okay. These Anthony? are more, yeah, what's up? Sorry, we'll, we'll ask you, buddy, for the past uh, 10, 20 seconds. Oh, my goodness. Man, mm -hmm. I don't, hmm. Let so me. We're just about to talk about uh, pig food that we lost you. Let me, let me see if I can just, you know what? Let me see if I can just dial in because I think it might just be my computer. Shoot, this is okay. going to be a huge pain. No worries, man. Yeah, just give me, give no me stress. one. Yeah, no stress. Me. All right, guys. So the overall basis for this talk, kind of what we're going to be walking through today, we've got strategies and concepts. And so strategies are going to come first. Strategies are things that you're going to want to implement into your business. These are things that you're going to want to actually do. Concepts are things that are more forward thinking. These are to help give you inspiration. Concepts are things that you're probably going to want to investigate. 
So with all of this being said, there is going to be a ton of slides here. It's a ton of information. And so if you have questions, if you want to get a copy of the slides, if you want to get a discount, whatever it is, hit me up at anthony at pickfood.com. Quick overview. I'm going to try to run through this talk in about 40 minutes. There'll be time for Q&A at the end, uh, but it's just going to be an introduction. We're going to talk about product design, packaging, photography, infographics, and then a quick wrap up. So first and foremost, I'm going to start with an overall basis, kind of what is conversion optimization. So success on Amazon is going to come down to two factors, right? You've got traffic and you've got conversion. Traffic is just the number of people that come to your listing. That's going to be from your ranking, from things like you're doing with pay-per-click advertising. We're going to focus on conversion. And that is once you get people actually to your listing, what can you do to increase the probability that they're going to actually buy the product, that they're going to add it to the cart? And so one thing that's really important to realize, one thing that's really important to remember is that when your customer is shopping on Amazon, they are distracted. So a lot of people have this expectation that you have this captive audience, that the person's there, they're shopping, they're really focused on what they want to buy. But in reality, that's not the case at all. The person who's shopping is very distracted. They've got the kids running around in the background, the phone's going off, they've had a stressful day. And so what you have to do as a seller is you have to take them out of this distracted world. You have to convince them in the least amount of time possible that what they're searching for is your product that they've found what they're looking for and this is going to solve whatever problem. And so your customer really has two options. They're either going to buy the product or they're going to bounce. And so it's just going to be one of those two things. Obviously your goal is that you're going to want them to buy the product. So again, the key takeaway here is you have to convince the customer that they have found the right item as quickly as possible. Riley payment. Does everything sound okay? No lagging. Yeah, everything is good. Okay, sweet. I'm going to keep rolling. Awesome. That's fantastic. So again, your goal as a seller, you've got this person in their distracted environment. Everything is going on, especially with COVID. The, the house is packed. People have been here for a long, long time. So you have to grab their attention. You have to convince them that this product is what they're looking for. And you have to get them to add that product to the cart. So imagine we're trying to sell this product. I think most people know what this is. It's a wine aerator. The goal of this product is you know, maybe they work, maybe they really don't work. But the goal of this product is it adds more air to the wine and supposedly is going to make it taste better. So what you really have to do if you're trying to sell this product or sell any product is you have to move your customer down what we would call the awareness funnel, right? And this is the progression that the customer is going to go through until they ultimately buy a product. And so when most people start looking for a product, they're going to be what you would call problem aware. They know that they have a problem and they're going to look to solve it. So maybe they're buying cheap bottles of wine and they go to Google and they type in something like make wine taste better, right? This is someone who's problem aware. A little bit further down the funnel is you have someone who's solution aware, right? They already know what the problem is. They've done some research and they've figured out how to solve that problem. And so now they're not going to be searching for make wine taste better. They're going to be searching for wine aerator. They're searching for the solution. Right? When someone gets all the way down to the bottom of the funnel, they are product aware. So they already know what the problem is. They already know that the wine aerator is supposed to solve this problem. And when they're product aware, that's when they're going to be looking for a specific product. So in this case, instead of typing in wine aerator, they might type in Venturi V1010 uh, aerator. Now, when people are shopping on Amazon, they're almost always going to be either solution aware or product aware. By the time someone makes it to Amazon, they get to the search bar, they type in what they're searching for, they already know what the problem is, they already know what they want. And so if they're solution aware, what you have to do as a seller is you have to convince them, does this product have the features I need to solve my problem, right? When they're searching for the wine aerator, they wanna know, is this aerator, which aerator is actually going to solve this problem? What is going to provide the solution? And as well, if they're product aware, if they're further down the funnel, they're going to really be looking for, will this product work better than the other top brands? So if someone is going and typing the Venturi 1010 wine aerator, and you're trying to compete with that product, you have to not only convince them that the features are going to be as good or better, you have to actually convince them that this is a better brand, that this has you know, better quality overall, that there's some kind of X factor, something special about this product. And so how do we actually get them to be 
at this point where they're looking at the features and they're looking at your brand as something that's reputable and legitimate, it's all going to come down to sending a compelling visual message. And it all comes down to one thing, and that is the quality of your actual listing. What is the visual appeal when someone gets there? Does it make sense? Is it clear? So there's three factors that impact conversion rate, right? You've got your price, you've got your reviews, and you've got the quality of the listing. Now, the reason that we're going to focus on the listing quality and not focus on price and reviews is because as many, as, as many of you already know, price and reviews, they're, they're not really powerful factors for a few reasons. Number one, they're text-based and they're only contextually relevant. So price is something that can change. It can fluctuate. As well, many sellers know this already, that price can go up and down and reviews are very easy to manipulate. Most sellers who are shopping on Amazon understand that at least part of the reviews could be fake, could be incentivized. And the reason listing quality is so powerful is number one, it's hard to fake, right? We could hear of Chinese sellers coming in, buying fake reviews, driving prices to the bottom, just a, a price war to the bottom. But listing quality is something that is very, very difficult to fake. It indicates overall quality and it tells a story. It's very visual. And so that's what we're going to focus on today is the quality of the actual listing itself. And why this is so powerful really makes a lot of sense. You have to understand that the human brain is just a massive graphics processor, right? Every single second that your eyeballs are open, it is processing visual information and it is deciding what to do with that information. So 90% of all of the information that's transmitted through the brain is visual. And the human brain is gonna process an image 60,000 times faster than text. So again, think how powerful the visual appeal of your listing is. Think how much more powerful that is than a single number, than a single number that indicates how many reviews you have in a couple stars. So Interesting. the goal is, as a seller, is you wanna send as much information into the customer's brain as possible in the smallest amount of time. Right? Think about that distracted customer. If they're only looking at your listing for 60 seconds, for 90 seconds, for five minutes, you want to you put as much information into their eyeballs, which is going to go into their brain and help them make that buying decision so that they don't bounce, that they're actually going to buy. So a lot of people ask, and this is a good segue, a lot of people ask, okay, well, what's a good conversion rate for my listing? And what I typically recommend is that a base conversion rate, just starting off, a base conversion rate, you should be looking anywhere from 8 to 10%, a good conversion rate of 20%, and a great conversion rate of 40 plus percent. Now, 2020 actually has been a very strange year, though, because all of these other businesses, all of these other brands have gone out of business, they've closed stores, and you've seen companies like Pier 1 Imports, Victoria's Secrets, you know, just completely stopping or drastically reducing their, their investment and time in brick and mortar. And so a lot of sellers, you know, you might be sitting there and you might say, well, Victoria's Secret, they didn't go out of business. You know, they're, they're still around. And that's true. But what I can tell you is not happening at any of these companies is this meme right here, right? No one's sitting there at Victoria's Secret saying, hey, we only closed 324 stores. We're not really worried. You know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. You know, that's the exact opposite of what's happening in these legacy corporations. And what we're seeing right now on FBA is we're seeing huge investments of traditional legacy businesses putting in a ton of effort into their online presence and specifically an Amazon presence. And so my prediction, and this might sound crazy to people who are just starting out, but my prediction for 2020 and beyond is we're going to see a massive uptick in conversion rates. Um, I've personally seen conversion rates in excess of 65%. Um, and it's only going to keep happening more and more because people are going to double down on the visual appeal. And like we showed in that funnel, if someone gets to a listing, they know they're looking for a wine aerator and you've given them every reason to buy this product and every reason to believe that your brand is legitimate, it doesn't seem actually so crazy that six and a half or more out of 10 people that come to the listing would say, yep, this is what I'm looking for. Let me go and add it to my cart. So conversion rate is probably what I would say is the most, most important metric. And it's not just because it's going to give you more direct sales, but it's also going to do things like lower your A costs, right? It's also mm -hmm. going to do things like over time, the biggest factor that's going to improve your ranking that the Amazon algorithm really looks at is going to be your conversion rate. Again, if people get there, Amazon wants people to actually take a buying action. So if they get to your listing, mm -hmm. they don't want them to bounce. They want them to spend money every single time. Sure. So yeah. 
this really makes sense as to why this works. Again, think about by the time someone makes it to Amazon. Now, this isn't really relevant. This is still relevant off Amazon, but it's particularly relevant on Amazon because again, people are solution and product aware. By the time they're there on that search bar, they know they want to buy a product. And unless they have a reason not to buy a product, they're either going to buy someone else's or they're going to buy yours. So let's jump into the meat and potatoes of the presentation, starting first with product design. These are going to be the best practices. So product design consists of three elements generally, right? We've got your branding, we've got your packaging, and we've got your product. So let's start with branding. Now, I'm sure everyone has probably seen this logo before. It's very famous. The How big was that? Never seen it. <laughs> the, the big takeaway with this logo is that you can have the best logo in the world. And what the best practice here is that you just want to keep your branding logical and simple. The really interesting story behind the Nike logo is it was actually created for $35. And what the person said to the designers, they said, I want the word Nike because it is the Greek goddess of uh, speed and strength. And then what they wanted in terms of inspiration, they said, we want it to be stripe, like a stripe. We wanted it to be uh, and convey movement, speed, and fluid motion. So as you can see, that's what the design started off in 1971. Again, it's very clear, right? It's logical, it's simple. So what you really want to do when you're having someone create your logo, create your branding, is you just, all you want to do is have very clear text and a related icon. So a Shopify, very clear text, and then a little bag for shopping. With Viral Launch, it's very clear text, and you see an increase. With Spotify, very clear text and sound. What you don't want to do, at least when you're starting off, is go with something that's overly complex because it can be risky and it can be very expensive. Some people don't know this, but when you look at the Beats logo, it's actually supposed to be from the side, someone wearing Beats headphones. And when you look at the NBC logo, the reason that they created mm -hmm. this is because they were the first uh, cable network television to have color TV. And so they wanted to show that they are proud as a peacock, right? And these are all fancy, these are all great, but don't overthink your logos, right? Because a lot of times people won't get it. And remember, you can, a lot of people say, well, if I create a logo, I can't change it later down the road. And it's just simply not true. Helium 10 just did a very good job in about maybe four or five months ago of a complete rebrand, changing their logo. No one stopped shopping there. No one canceled yep. their subscription, right? It was very smooth. You can always change your logo to something more complex and meaningful later down the road. Yeah, so, and much needed too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, yeah, th this is a very good example here. You know, just small changes in your logo. The reason that option A was the winner over option B, both really good logos, both very clear, but it came down to that people like the text. It was clean. It looked premium. And this is for a natural line of wooden furniture. This much is much more clear versus what's this icon supposed to be? Is it a bed? Is it a house? Not quite sure. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to product packaging. Uh, one really great tip on product packaging is use text on the packaging to explain what the product is. So you might not know what this product is if you're just looking at it, but now you do, right? Now it's very clear. It's a pet de-shedding brush. And so it can really help to, especially in your main image on Amazon, Terms of Service does not allow you to have text in your main image. You can have text on your product packaging. So it's really a clever way to get around it. And again, if someone's searching through, it's going to be right into their brain, even if it's on a subconscious level, exactly what the product does. This was a really great example, too, from a case study that we did with uh, a brand called Angry Orange. So this is a pet deodorizer. And one of the big changes they made to their product packaging, you can see they've got their brand name here, right? But now they've made the brand name much smaller. And what the product does, exactly what it does is front and center. Angry Orange Odor Eliminator. It's very clear. Mm -hmm. So use that text to your advantage, and it's really going to help with your conversion rates and your click-through rates yeah. as well. Nice. Another tip is to use product packaging to catch your customer's eye. So these two packaging designs are very similar, almost identical. But the option on the right, it's more vivid, right? It's more, it, it really pops. And so think again, right? When someone's scrolling through page after page of search results, they're searching for this makeup remover cloth, Right, which one is, are your eyes going to be more likely to gravitate towards? Obviously, it's the option on the right. right. This is another really clear example. Almost identical in terms of product packaging, but just a small change in color makes it much more vivid, much more dynamic. And you can see this is an example. We ran this in, in Pitfu. Option B is heavily more preference towards option A. 
small changes like this in your packaging can really make a big difference, not only in your conversion rate, but just in your click-through rate. Imagine if you're running ads all day, right? Which one is going to get more clicks? And also the second version is, uh, portrays uh, an image of more being high, uh, higher value, more premium as well. This one. Absolutely. And like that, a luxury feel. Absolutely. And that, that was a lot of the feedback, right? Much more for this peat mud mask, much more premium design. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you are doing uh, eco-friendly packaging, a lot of people want to sell eco-friendly products. It's hot. It's really a great thing to sell. Um, just go with large and simple designs. The thing with printing on the recycled cardboard is anything that's very complex, it's a very light print. It's just the nature of the beast. So make it very simple. You'll see both of these for these cotton swabs. Um, for this supplement over here, it's very simple. It's very clean. Now, if you want a more dynamic print, you want something that's more vivid but still eco-friendly, you can use cornstarch to get a more vibrant packaging print. So these are, they look like poly bags, but they're actually created out of cornstarch. So it's sustainable, it's eco-friendly. And so if you don't want to do a simple design with recycled cardboard, use cornstarch. It's really a nice material. Nice. Um, if you are selling this kind of a bulky item, you know, this will save you a lot of money and it looks really great. And we call this like a cardboard color wrap. And so some people would try to sell either of these products and put them in a box. It's not smart, right? It's going to increase your dimensional weight. It's going to, it's going to make the product much bigger than it needs to be. So just put a cardboard wrap. It's still scannable. And then you're going to stick this inside of a plastic bag. Saves a lot of money, looks great, and you know, gets the job done. One thing, you know, and in, in, uh, I, th I, I think Payman can probably relate to this as well. Every year that we're in Hong Kong, sometimes they'll have a packaging expo. And what I love to do is walk around and look at all of the different packaging mm -hmm. options. And I am blown away by some of these things. Like they have things that are embossed, metallic, engraved. Mm -hmm. And then I go and say, how much is this metallic box? And they're like, they tell me a price that's like only marginally more expensive than a normal box. And exactly. so I wouldn't recommend this for every product, but if you are trying to sell a product that's giftable, that's premium, and you're selling the product for, you know, $30, $40, and now you can pay, instead of a dollar, you can pay like, you know, $2.50 to make it in this beautiful box. Think about it, right? There's a lot more options than just going with a very simple cardboard box. Or even if your product is not premium, but if you want to portray and convey a, a message of, of your product being more premium, then that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. So the, the general tips that I would get when give rather when you're designing your product packaging is, is kind of think of the anatomy. And what I like to do on the front of the packaging is what's the product, right? You'll see here on the left, this thermo bottle, it's really clear. Again, this is kind of hacking away around mm -hmm. no text in your main image. You want to be clear. You want to be direct. You, will, you do not want to have the customer have to guess. For the side, you really want kind of visualization and support. So like, what is the product here? You can see it's got the cap. You've got the 20 ounces. Uh, back, if you're selling a technical product, you can put more technical information. And then if you are going to print on the inside of the packaging, do something surprising, right? Warby Parker does a really great job of this. You open up the packaging and then it says, you know, some inspirational message on the inside. Don't always have to do that. It's kind of a cute thing to do. Uh, but DJI really does a great job with this. I think they've got some of the most impressive product packaging I've ever seen. You not only mm -hmm. can see exactly what the product is on the front, there's a good technical information on the back. There's visualization and support on the side. But when you open it up, every single component is wrapped. It tells you exactly what the component is. It tells you exactly how to open it up, how to assemble it. You might have done your product research and say, this is a hot item. I really want to sell it. But you really should actually look into as well. Should I sell it in this dark wood grain? Should I sell it in this light wood grain? Right? There's probably a lot of different visual factors that you can actually incorporate to see what is the customer really looking for. When you're putting in bonus items, this is a big flaw that I see with a lot of new sellers. Only include a bonus item if it's actually going to help the product to function better. Mm -hmm. So a very good example of this is on the left-hand side, we've got this webcam. And my webcam actually came with one of these little privacy covers, right? Only a couple cents to add on, but it really does help the product work better because I can flip it down when it's not in use and I don't have to worry about my webcam being hacked. Now, on the right-hand side, we've got these leggings, right? You can add in the fitness bands, but does it really help the leggings work any better? I think customers are starting to see through this more and more, right? Back in the day on Amazon, maybe these bonus items would increase your conversion rate, but now you should really think about, does it help the product actually function better? Mm, got it. Another big tip is if you're selling multi-pack items, make sure you research the correct quantities, right? And so this is a, a huge factor that can impact your conversion rate. I had a previous client of mine, they launched a product into, it was an eco-friendly product that came in a multi-pack. 
I won't say what the product was, but essentially they decided that they were going to sell this in the 25 pack. And it became very clear as time went on, it was a very new product. I think people had product done the product research and they knew it was a hot product, but they didn't necessarily know what quantity people wanted. And so you got to get this right. Her product was not converting because people didn't want to buy a 25 pack. They actually wanted to buy a 100 pack of this product. So really, really important to get that right. If your MOQ is 500, 1,000 units, right, you could end up being stuck and end up having to repack a lot of units to later find out that the quantity was done incorrectly. Okay, so jumping into the photography, that was the, the product design spot. You know, that's really early on in the process. This is really getting into the more visual side of things. So with photography, mm -hmm. number one tip is upload images into Seller Central if you can at 3,000 by 3,000 format. Um, this is the maximum allowed. I would try to work with your pho photography team or work with your creative agency to make this happen. The real goal is that when you zoom in, when you hover over, you should not see any grainy texture, right? You, it should be very, very clear. And so if you look at your images zoomed in and they don't look like this, go back and try to put in the maximum pixel size until you reach the file size for a main image. Mm -hmm. That's a great. In terms, of, in terms of your main image, right? Back when I first started selling on Amazon, you could get away with an image like this. This is for uh, recycled, uh, I'm sorry, reusable grocery bags, right? It's very clear. You can kind of see how many there are, but now you really have to have something like this. And the reason this image is so effective is because it shows the product in use. Again, think about your customer. Think that they're distracted. Think about all of the things that are going on in their life and what's going to be more clear to them right? The option on the left or the option on the right, which very clearly shows you're getting 10 items. You now get a feel for how big of items you can put inside of it. You can see that in the smaller bag on the bottom left, they have these coffee beans. So you can even put small items in and they're not going to spill out. And then as well, this, this image is just visually appealing. You can see it's very intentional that it goes from orange to yellow to purple to red. You know, it's got a very appealing and contrasted color set in there. Now, there's some confusion about this, and a lot of people, you know, I've given this presentation before, and I've actually talked with a lot of experts, and they're like, well, I don't like to tell my students that uh, they should put props in their main image because technically it's not allowed. And so that is partially true, but it's also not true in some ways. So there's multiple versions of the TOS, depending if you're logged into Seller Central, depending if you're public on the web. And so... What I've found is that the direct wording in the TOS is that the image must not contain gratuitous or confusing additional objects. So I'm gonna bring some insight as a previous Amazonian, right? The biggest thing that I learned working at Amazon, the thing that they drill into your head every single day is that we are trying to be the, the most customer-centric company in the world. That's what they're really focused on. And so, the reason that I know this to be true and the reason that I feel very confident telling people to push the lines in terms of TOS is because you can look at Amazon brands, brands that are owned specifically by Amazon, and they're technically breaking some of their rules, like in the versions where it says you can't have props in your main image. And it makes sense as to why, right? This is actually an example of that Amazon brand pins on. They, it's, a, it's for betting. And so these are both uh, different versions of the listing. They have two different versions up. And so this is option A. This is their main image for this duvet cover. And then this is option B, right? <laughs> like obviously option yeah. A is much better because you can see, you know, no one's going to be confused like, oh, I'm buying a duvet. Am I getting these flowers? Is the bed coming with it? You know, does it, you know no one's thinking that. Yeah, so, ba so basically, you know, you're not going to get a performance notification for pushing the line on your main image. Um, you're not going to have any issues with it. So if you ever do run into issues, though, make sure you use, you know, when you're talking to your account manager, make sure you use SOP friendly language. Like they're just taught, they're removing images that are not helpful, that are confusing. And so, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Real big tip here is to show your product in use. But again, don't put in items that might be confusing. In this case, it actually might be confusing. Is this baby tote bag, does it come with some of these accessories? Is, are these bonus items? Versus mm -hmm. this original example, no, no one's going to think like, I'm buying these grocery bags. Am I going to get a whole, you know, five pounds of coffee beans, <laughs> right? No, no one's ever thought yeah. that. Um, if you have a multi-pack item, try to arrange the items in a visually appealing way, right? So option A very simple, it's very basic versus you're doing the, it's the exact same product, but this is giving a little bit more context. It's more visually appealing. 
Also as well, you know, this is a really interesting example because this is a multi-pack and it might actually be a little bit difficult to figure out why option C is so favored over option A and B. But the reason option C wins is because it's not just showing the cups, but you're showing the lids as well. You can see the stirrers versus option A for a multi-pack. It's not as clear of exactly what you're getting. Again, you really want to convey the most direct and concise visual message to the customer. If you have a wearable item, show it actually being worn, right? Again, this is a big advantage where you can use models. The option on the left for the sports bra, it's not as clear that it's a sports bra, right? Versus option B, same thing with the wrist strap down below, right? This works every single time. Again, you don't want to have the customer, don't let, don't, don't, don't force them to make that jump. Even if they typed in, you know, the uh, elbow brace, right? They've typed that into Amazon. They know what they're looking for. Don't make it more difficult than it needs to be. You want to be right in their face with this is exactly what you're getting. So they're like, yep, mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking for. Let me go and add it yep. to my cart or let me click into the listing. Um, if you have these product, in product inclusions, like these bonus items with this car vacuum, allow the brain to easily digest it, right? Looking at the option on the left, you know, it's got like this little wind gust in there. It's confusing <laughs> versus option B. Okay, I can see I'm getting a bag. I can see I'm getting a hose. There's a few attachments, all right? It's very, very clear. Um, mm -hmm. This is another very good example. Option A is totally fine, right? But it's much more clear in option B. Not to mention, you can see the case, you can see the attachments, but you can also see important parts of the product. Even if your brain is just processing this on a subconscious level, you can see, oh, there's little LED indicators on the back with a plus and minus, so I can see that this is adjustable. Versus option B, I mean, the one on the left, it, it's the exact same product, but your brain has to figure all of this out or you have to get into the listing to decide hey, this is the product I mm -hmm. want. If you're, if you're selling any product in the baby category, show a baby, right? This is super, mm -hmm. super important because you don't want the mom who's shopping and she's busy. Maybe she already has a few kids. Maybe she's a new mom, right? You don't want to have, her, have to have her wonder, is this baby gate actually for babies? Option A, it's not a question, right? This is clearly a baby gate, right? Mm -hmm. Make it easy. Um, if you have an ambiguous product, I really like this one. Use props to clarify what the product is. So if you never knew what option A was, um, if you just saw that image, it might be very unclear versus option B. Okay, I mean, this is like a ridiculous product, but it does sell. This is something to, to separate your milk from your cereal. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, keep the sogginess away. Just <laughs> just add the, add the Cheerios in as needed. Just like batch load them in. That's, that's genius. <laughs> right, and so you want it to be very clear. You want it to be very direct. Now, one thing, I will be, one thing I will recommend in terms of being careful with TOS is be careful with what I would call extremely clickbait decals. And so these, back in the day, this used to work very well, but if you just have a decal in there that's just intended to draw in someone's eyes, it's really not adding much value, you know, be very careful with that. When I first started selling on Amazon, everyone used to do this, right? You put a little two-pack mm -hmm. on there, right? And the reason why people did this, and the reason why it was so effective had very little to do with the fact, everyone knew that they were getting a two pack. It said that in the title, like it was very clear. The reason this is effective is because it made the image stand out, right? The little Amazon logo caught your eye. So I would be, be very careful about doing that nowadays because again, Amazon is looking at these and they're saying, okay, this is just trying to be distracting. This is just trying to like grab people's eyeballs. Now where it, now these decals I think are relevant. And I think Amazon allows them in certain areas or when it actually helps the customer to make a better buying decision. So for a two pack, I can look at the main image and see, okay, one, two, this is very clear versus coming over here. Okay. If it's a 12 pack, if it's a 10 pack, even a four pack, my brain isn't going to easily be able to look at the option on the left and be like, Oh, okay, that's 12. And so if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at prices now down below each of these and one's $5, next one's $5 and the next one's $5. Now I can very clearly make a decision. It's a better buying decision to be like, Oh, $5 for a 12 pack versus, oh, $5 for a 10 pack. I want the $5 for a 12 pack. Mm -hmm. um, this is also very helpful. You know, another time that I think the reason Amazon doesn't uh, remove these images is because in these cases, like for this full face snorkel mask, you can't really go in your title and say full face snorkel mask, blue, red, purple, pink, green. Like it's, you don't have enough characters. It's not, it's not going to be good. And so I think mm. if you have multiple color options, showing the color variations, either 
uh, like option A does or option C does is actually very valuable because the customer can be scrolling through and they're like, oh, okay, I actually think the yellow is cool. Let me click into the listing. Again, mm -hmm. think about the customer, think about the buying experience. And if you're pushing the lines in a way that is going to be beneficial for the customer, it's going to help them make a better buying decision. It's going to help the buying process be smoother. You're probably going to be safe. And I like the GoPro that it has uh, on there, but it's grayed out. It shows that you can attach a GoPro, but clear that it's not included, obviously. That's, that's good tip. Bingo, right? And, and even showing that, that the, the snorkel can actually fold down, it can be adjustable. Using that semi-transparent is totally fine because, yeah, like you're saying, no one's going to think, oh, this comes with a free GoPro. They're, they know, oh, you can attach a GoPro onto that mask. Um, in terms of one just last tip is, is focus on showing the key components of the product. And so you'll see on option A, you can very clearly see zoomed in, okay, this, you can see the connection type, you can see what it does versus option B, you've got all of this space right in the image and you're not really focusing on what the, the, the product itself is. Now, I'm not gonna jump into 3D renders too much. There's a, another presentation that I think Payment has already shared with the group, really in depth. But uh, 3D renders do have a lot of potential. They're very, very uh, valuable. A lot of people don't think about it so much. But if you have a smooth or a plastic product, this example of the Rolex, I mean, this is a 3D render, right? It looks better than an actual image. And so again, if you have things that are, that are smooth, they're reflective, a 3D render is often going to look better, especially for a main image, maybe not for all of your images, but for the main image, it's probably gonna look better than the actual item itself. So, you know, we asked a bunch of people if they like 3D renders, like what their thoughts were. Everyone hated it, you know, on PicFu when we surveyed them. Uh, they hated it in theory because when we actually showed them 3D renders and tested it against uh, real items in certain categories, especially where, where like these ones here, they actually did, did much better. So if you can't tell a difference between 3D renders um, or rather if you can tell a difference, then your customers mm -hmm. can as well. But if they're very clean, they're going to actually probably perform better. So I think we're, we're doing okay here. Um, lifestyle images. So a real big thing with the lifestyle images is focus on the foreground, right? Think about what the focus of the shot is. Um, don't really focus as much on the environment. In fact, you can even Photoshop the background. In this case here, this is a Photoshop background. They just shot this in a park and then just Photoshopped any skyline into the back. Um, this is another really good example of focus on the foreground and Photoshop the background. Again, the background mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Right? But the foreground really gives a lot of context in what the product is. And so this, they've actually done a very good job of matching the background to be really stylistic with the color of the mug. And they've even made the mm. foreground very simple. Like this is something that your design team, your creative team, you can go to like Home Depot, a hardware store, and you can just buy, uh, it doesn't even need to be like real marble. You can buy like facade marbles just for doing these kind of shoots. And it's like the cheapest way to get really good looking uh, product photography, you just get a couple of props in there, a little succulent in the back. You can do this whole thing for, for 20 bucks, even with an iPhone. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is, you know, really this ties into focusing on the foreground, Photoshopping the background. If you look first at this image for this uh, reusable straw, you'd say, okay, this is a pretty good image. But if you compare it to this image, uh, this one is much better the one on the right. And the reason why is because you want to show products, right? Again, you're focusing on the foreground. You want to focus on the way that a customer is actually going to see it in real life. So no one is ever going to be like down at eye level looking straight across at this mason jar. They're going to be looking mm. down into it, right? So focus again on what the customer is seeing. Just match with, with, think about what the customer's eyeballs are looking at and match it to that. Don't try to do anything else. Give them exactly what they're used to seeing. Um, just another tip here. This is a really hot trend. Another thing that's very easy to use is something that's called a monochromatic color scheme for lifestyle shots. So again, probably the cheapest thing to do, you can do this with very simple uh, photo editing or just with really basic backdrops, but put things on just a flat color background. It really makes the products pop. And as you can see in the option on the left-hand side, you can just add in a couple of really simple props and it looks really clean. It looks really professional. Um, if you have a product, especially like really valuable is to allow the customer to visualize various scenarios. So like for these resistance bands on the right, this is really helpful to put into a lifestyle image or an infographic is you want to show, hey, you can use it in the home. You could use it in the office. You could use it in the gym. And the reason why, uh, just had to cancel that. The, re the reason why you want to do this is because someone's going to be searching, right? And they're going to be like, they already know that they want to use this in their office. They already know that they want to use it in their home. And so they're going to see mm -hmm. that thing and be like, yep, that's me. Let me go and add it to the cart. Yeah, that's great. 
uh, make sure you're intentional with your lifestyle props, you know, or just the lifestyle shots. Like, you know, the, the one on the right <laughs> might be kind of interesting, but why in the world would a ring ever sit on a leaf? You know, just be really <laughs> yeah. intentional. You want it to be stylistic. You want it to be clean and it needs to, needs to make oh, sense. Nice. So the option on the left, right, you might be selling that mug, but now it's really clear. It's setting up this whole scenario with the, the cinnamon and the lemons. And same thing with the, the board on the right you know, very, very intentional with the props. The, the, the wine, you could use white wine, but it's red because it contrasts against the background. The grapes are very vibrant. The tomatoes are in the front. The red is catching your eye. Mm. Um, if you're Photoshopping, <laughs> make sure it looks realistic, <laughs> right? Don't, you know, Photoshop is a great tool. It's a fantastic tool. But if it's like either of these options, just stay away. Um, these are really great examples of Photoshop, right? They look really clean. You would never know that this phone is Photoshopped there, that these straws are Photoshopped into that scene. The general rule of thumb is you either have a static product or a dynamic product. A static product is one that's just sitting there. It's in the background. No one's touching it. No one's wearing it. Versus a dynamic product like the girl on the right, this is something that someone's wearing. And so you can Photoshop static products very, very well because you can put them into any stock image. You can put them into any environment and they can look very convincing versus anything that's a dynamic product, something that, something that someone is wearing, something, that's, something that someone is touching. It's going to be very difficult. You're going to have to orient it at exactly the right angle. There, you're going to have to probably use real lifestyle photography. If you have multiple color variations, try to show all the color variants in a single image. Right. Again, this is very, very valuable because then you don't have to, uh, you don't have to have someone click mm -hmm. around. You don't have to have them get distracted on your listing. Just show all of them in a single image, and it really helps the mm -hmm. customer to see. Oh, they have a pink one. They have an orange one. Let me go and buy that. That's great. Um, just a quick tip on white background images. Uh, for fashion, yes. For function, no. And so here's what I mean. On the left-hand side, if you're selling a fashion product, I would actually encourage people not to get overly creative with their image gallery. Literally, probably the best thing you can do is just show 360 of the product in individual images and then maybe one creative lifestyle shot, right? Works very, very well for fashion, but with a product that's based on function like these Bluetooth headphones, right? It's not going to be very valuable to show me a 360 just white background. And so what I'm trying to get at is that for most products that people are selling, if you're selling based on points of function and not just design, don't waste your image gallery on a single white background image aside from your main image, right? Your, your main mm -hmm. image has to be on a white background, but everything else should have information. It should have graphic design on it. It should have text because again, the customer's brain is going to pass, mm -hmm. process all of that, all of those images, everything that's going on. And so showing them just a white background image with no text, with no graphic design, you're just wasting all of that capacity, right? All that information is coming into their brain and all they're seeing is a product on a white background versus now I can see, oh, these, I don't know what a protein ear pad is, but this is real uh, protein. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing at this, this. These are not the best graphics, but yeah, we, we get the point about, uh, yeah, not just don't have plain white background. <laughs> so in terms of infographics, uh, three basic strategies for infographics. Number one is follow your bullet points. A lot of people already know this, but when individuals are shopping on Amazon, they're generally only going to read down to the third bullet point. And when they do, they're going to skim. Mm. So think about mm. with, your, with your infographics, arrange them almost like you would arrange your bullet points. And so think about after your main image, you've got three images that people are going to click through and your first three are going to be the most important. And that's the most important information, the biggest objections you're going to want to have up front in those first three images. And then if they get down to your seventh image, et cetera, uh, then that's just gravy at that point. As well, nice. you want to stick to one singular concept, right? If you try to put too many things in at once, it's not going to be very good. And then focus on what we call the five second rule. So if you would show an image to someone, they would see it for five seconds and then you would take it away and you would say, okay, what was the point of that graphic? What was it trying to show you? So... Again, really simple graphics, right? Uh, you know, the protein ear pads, I think it's just poor copy, but you could just really say that they're super soft and very comfortable versus these meat shredders over on the right. You know, it's giving you multiple ideas here. And while this can work in some scenarios, I recommend being really direct and really straight. That way, again, with the five second test, if I show someone the graphic on the right for five seconds and I take it away, I'm going to say, what was the point? And they're going to be like, oh, these earphones are soft versus the one on the left oh goodness gracious what's going on here it's it's a lot and you again if you look at it for 30 seconds you might be able to digest all of the information but think mm -hmm. about if your customer is distracted is it more likely that they're going to buy or bounce with a simple or a complex graphic b 
be careful with these comparison-based graphics. These used to be really hot back in the day, but I think a lot of people now realize, especially looking at the option on the right, people just realize, oh, well, obviously the listing I'm looking at is going to be a straight thing of checks, and then there's going to be a lot of red on the other side. So rather mm -hmm. than trying to pick all of these different features, like the one on the left, it's literally talking about a straw, right? So how could there possibly <laughs> be this many checks? Focus on one singular point of comparison, one singular point of parity, and make that into a very simple graphic. Like our product does this one thing and the other competitor doesn't do that one thing. Don't try to overload it with information. It doesn't work. It's not as effective as it used to be. If you're doing a sizing graphic, show reference points, right? What a lot of people do is they'll just put in, hey, this is two-fifths of an inch thick. Right, two fifths of an inch. What does that even mean? Like, could you draw it yourself? So, yeah, you you want to make sure you're showing a good sizing reference here. I was just saying two fifths of an inch thick. What does that even mean? You can see it with the hands. This is an even better example on the right. 0.14 inches. How big is that? I don't know. But now I can look at the phones on the bottom and see. Oh, this case is only slightly thicker than a phone. Right. Really helpful. Mm -hmm. Don't make the customer make that jump. Um, if you're selling an eco-friendly product quantify the benefits, right? What a lot of people do is they're like, I'm selling this straw and they're gonna show like, save the turtle, say no, right? When someone buys a Tesla, they're buying it maybe for the eco-friendly reasons, but they're really buying it for, for other reasons. They're buying it because it's a fast car, right? Because it looks sleek, it's sexy. Um, and it can go 300 plus miles without a charge. And so focus on the features, quantify those benefits. Like instead of saying, oh, this is gonna save the turtles, say the average person goes through this many straws in a year, you're gonna save you know, 300 pounds of plastic, whatever it is. Quantify the benefits. Don't just focus on the fluffy side of the environmental things. Um, explain why the features matter, right? So don't just say it's got an elegant coated finish. You want to explain why this is going to matter to them. So it's going to be sweat proof. It's going to provide, it's not going to sweat on the outside, right? That's why the finish matters. Uh, they've done a good job with this as well. They're talking about complete accessibility. That's the feature, but why does that matter? It allows you to access all of the ports on your phone. Um, same thing on the left-hand side. What does the speed indicator do? It allows you to adjust the speed, adjust the pressure. Um, last thing I'll say too, in terms of uh, these, uh, these graphics, is that overcome objections with realistic testimonials. Now, you're not allowed to put, technically, you're not allowed to put, according to TOS, you're not allowed to put reviews in your images. But what you can do is you can take little bits and pieces and you could say, what are the biggest objections that people have? And I'm not going to actually put a review in there like it's doing on the left-hand side. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to put in quotes, super easy to install, straightforward instructions, helpful video guide, love the safety checklist. And then I'm going to show a picture mm -hmm. of the product, right? And then I'm going to put mm -hmm. maybe a little five-star icon there. And what customers are going to do is they're going to figure in their head, well, I guess these are things that people have said about this product versus on the mm -hmm. left-hand side, you're not allowed to do that. You will get probably a performance notification uh, or at least that image pooled. Um, one last thing here, I guess this is the last one on infographics is that infographics should be simple and focus on a singular message. So both of these graphics are trying to do the exact same thing. They're trying to explain the pairing function of these wireless headphones. And so on the left-hand side, it's very busy. Like, why does it have that, you know, all of this stuff going on in the background? It's very confusing. Versus on the right-hand side, it's very clear, right? It's telling me how easy it is to pair these headphones. It's showing me the phone. It's showing me the hands for a sizing reference. It's got really clear text. It's very easy to digest. So, awesome. with that being said, we are getting to the wrap-up here. These are kind of just last-minute concepts that I want to leave you with. You know, again, these aren't things that you're going to directly implement to your business, but these are forward thinking. As you see more and more brands coming in, you're going to see more of these abstract and these dynamic concepts come to FBA. So one that's very interesting is the concept of metamorphosis. And that's so you'll see here what they've done is they're, they're, they're combining uh, like a human and an animal to convey like a more deep message here. So this is like, so yeah, the whole concept of metamorphosis is, is just combining like a human and an animal to have some more dynamic concepts. So this is for a mm -hmm. mattress. You know, the whole concept would be um, if you sleep on this mattress, you're going to have energy. You're going to be like a tiger, et cetera. Um, for retrofuturism, this is another really great concept, especially if you're selling a new, uh, very, very technical product is you show that technical product, but then you show it with like more retro concepts. Again, just more abstract dynamic. It makes you, it makes your brand look a little bit more like, wow, they really put some thought into this. Um, this is another good example for a, um, a version of wine. What they've done is they've put in these retro concepts with 
uh, more of a futuristic kind of uh, concept as well. Um, okay, yeah, so this concept here, just user-generated lifestyle, basically don't, don't stick to just high fashion models, high fashion shoots. If you can, just use normal people, more candid shots. People are liking that more and more. So what I'll say is, uh, and next time, if, if I ever come back, I'll, I'll make sure I have my new computer and everything will be set. But this is a lot of information, but I've got even more information, like 300 plus slides on this stuff. So if you guys ever want some more information on the topics that weren't covered, please feel free to hit me up. Um, just really general tips that I'll run through just very, very quickly. For copywriting, focus on the first three bullet points. Uh, I think I already mentioned that. Stick to your leading words. Leading words here, as you can see, are the words that start off your bullet point. People are just going to mm -hmm. skim. And so you want to optimize these leading words to be as clear and direct. So if someone skims, they understand what the entire bullet point is about. So this is for an electric desk fan. You really have to ask yourself, are the words powerful wind and quietness? Are they the mm -hmm. best thing that you could possibly use? Probably not. So optimize your leading words. Uh, for video, if you're making video, these are getting more and more common with PPC. Think about PSI, problem, solution, impact. So that's just the flow of your video ad. Lay out the problem, lay out the solution, and show what this impact of the product is going to be. Don't overcomplicate your video ads. Just think of them like moving infographics. For A-plus content, really important, focus on mobile optimized layouts. You got to think like 70% of Amazon traffic is going to be mobile. Um, and make sure that your biggest points are the biggest, largest in the top. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip through that. And then, yeah, guys, if you have any questions, anthony at pickfu.com. I'm going to give like a two-second pitch, if it's okay, payment about what is PickFu. Absolutely. Yeah. Go, ahead. Go ahead. First of all, I'm just going to say that I am super excited about that. <laughs> I was taking notes and oh, yeah. screenshots, and I learned so many tips right there. So, uh, yeah, just letting all you guys listen, uh, listening know. Share this with a friend. I've been selling on Amazon for uh, six years now and some of that stuff was pure fucking gold so uh well done anthony and i i already want you to come back and to to do some of those other ones sweet 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 i'm glad 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 we we're able to give some value here um yeah guys this is gonna be the really quick like you know three minute pitch about what is pick foo um pick foo mm -hmm. is essentially just a way for you to get real customer feedback very quickly um i ask a lot of sellers and i'm like where do you guys go for, for feedback on your product packaging, on your images? And they're like, well, I go and ask my spouse. I'm like, hey, babe, like, what do you think yeah. about my product packaging? Uh, or they go with their gut. They ask like a random stranger at Starbucks. The thing is, there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with doing any of those things. It's just if you're running a real business, if you really want to be successful on Amazon, you should probably think about taking a more uh, dynamic approach to, to doing that. When a major brand like Nike or Under Armour, when they launch a product, they're going to spend like 45 to 75 grand per product on, on just customer research. Now, the cool yeah. thing about Pikachu is that uh, you can get customer research really fast. You can target down to individual audiences based on uh, demographic, based on age, uh, based on hobbies, like if they have a dog, if they are a wine drinker, whatever it might be. And so unlike a normal A-B test, which might take like two, four weeks. Yeah. So PickFu allows you to, to really get down to a targeted audience. You can pick by gender, age range, ethnicity, uh, hobbies, interests. It's super fast. So a normal A-B test might take a few weeks. A PickFu test is going to be done in like 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, but I think where the real magic on PickFu is, is people don't just vote on what they want. They actually are required to give you a detailed response as to why they chose that option. So again, can you, also, can you target also geographically? You can target, well, so everyone's based in the United States. Um, so there's no geographic segmentation, but we are moving the panel out uh, to a few more countries and we're going to release oh, I see. Soon. That's what I meant, okay. Um, as well too, when, when I'm looking at my PickFu results, and you saw a few examples here today, um, I'm not necessarily caring so much like option B got 56% of the votes. So I care much more about uh, the detailed feedback. As you can see, I don't care so much if option B got 56% of the votes. Uh, I care about the detailed feedback. So everyone who responds to the questions, they're required to explain why they chose that response. Uh, so awesome. you'll see on the right-hand side here, like that's where you get these out-of-the-box ideas. And especially the whole basis of this presentation, it's like you want to send a very clear and direct message. And so PickFu can help you decide and understand where you're not being clear, where the drop-off is for the customer. That's, that's awesome. Cool. I didn't know the feedback aspect of this. That's sweet. That's a gold mine. Yeah. Wow. It's super valuable. You can get a lot of innovative ideas, things that you would mm -hmm. never, and I've been doing this for a couple of years now and, and I still see things on PickFu like, whoa, I never, never thought of it like that. Um, mm. What I will say is don't take my word for it though. 
Uh, there's this little company you might have heard of called Thoracio. Uh, they acquire FBA businesses. Uh, and as they grow the business, the value of their fund grows as well. And so they just set a record for being the fastest profitable company to reach unicorn status, it's like a billion dollar valuation. Holy and cow. We did a case study with them actually. And I, you saw this example earlier and it was all about this pet deodorizer brand called Angry Orange. And so when they, brought, when they bought Angry Orange, it was worth $2 million and they used PickFu to optimize their product packaging. And just from optimizing their product packaging grew that brand from two to $20 million. And the reason it was so effective and that's amazing. Because it's a very clear, it's not only visually appealing, but it sends a very clear visual message on what is this product? What does it do? It takes that person out of their environment and it says, okay, I'm going to go and buy this pet deodorizer, not all the other ones. And so we've got a really great video. You can check out a testimonial on our, uh, on our YouTube channel. And you've got the VP of creative, John Hefter, saying that for over two years, they use PicFu on basically every major creative change in the company. So again, don't take my word for it. You know, these guys are, are pretty top notch in the industry, billion dollar valuation. Uh, and if you guys haven't used PicFu, you can use 90 day FBA and you'll get 50% off of your first test. We also just released on our website for the very first time. We worked really hard to get this ready for Q4. We have bundled options available only through the end of the month. It ends on uh, the 31st. But the reason we created this is because we had a lot of people coming to us saying, I want to optimize my, you know, my listing or my packaging in time for Q4. I want to run like, you know, four to seven tests back to back. And, but I want a discount for buying in bulk. So we just released that. It's the best deal we've ever released. And again, yeah, if anyone has any questions, this is a lot of slides. So you're not going to be able to probably screenshot it. So I can, we can send over the slide deck. As you can see, we're on page 140. Uh, and hit me up with any questions, anthony at pickfu.com. Awesome. Good question, Anthony. Awesome. So, that was amazing, dude. I appreciate it. Can, P can Pickfu be used also for uh, regular e-commerce, say Kickstarter or your own uh, e-commerce website or is it only for Amazon businesses? Good question. So we, Pickfu actually started out mainly in development and publishing. Um, and so we have a couple other real big verticals. E-commerce is definitely one that's growing. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we have people like, you know, for imagine for a book, right? The book could be the best book in the world, but if your cover doesn't look good, no one's going to buy it. And so publishing is a big one. We have got a big uh, vertical in mobile game development, regular business owners using it for testing their, their pages, their websites, their branding. We use it for everything. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was some awesome tips. I am honestly super stoked i was just having a call with a, a client last night like talking about all these things talking about gallery images a plus and so many tips that i want to go implement right away so i'm like a kid in the candy shop i want to go uh, take these toys and go play with them uh and excited about your your other presentations man getting into to copy and um and a plus content and, and storefront so yeah we would uh we would love to have you back to talk about that stuff Awesome. Thanks so much for having me guys. Really appreciate it. Apologies for the, uh, for the lagging, but <laughs> yeah, all good. All good. The nice. slides were, were optimized so we could go ahead and read along where, where there was uh, some breakups, but I think it was yeah. great. This is definitely a presentation. I'll be rewatching again myself and this time taking yeah. notes because it was, so, it was too fast. I, I didn't pay. I was just watching, watching. I'm going to next time I'm going to watch it and pause, take notes because that's what we need to do to yeah. really get the most out of this. Yeah, can you uh, go back to the real quick to the slide with the 90 day FBA uh, discount link? And I'm going to take a screenshot uh, with that so I can share it immediately. And mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, sign up for PicFu <laughs> yeah. uh, immediately. Uh, no, so that no, slide, no. and then I, I also want to take a picture to share just to entertain people of the, uh, the horrible Photoshop slide. Oh yeah, that's that made me good. crack up. It made me <laughs> yeah. think about all the, all the crappy uh, Chinese listings with the fake Photoshop. It just makes me, uh, I just, I love the, uh, the protein for the ear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the protein ear cups. Yeah. That was well, amazing. What should be, what should be really exciting. I'm just pulling up these slides. What should be really exciting is that these are like top sellers of this product. So if you can come up with something that is better, you can likely get a, a better conversion rate than they have, mm -hmm. even with a higher price. So mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of opportunity still on Amazon. 
Yeah, it was it was someone like looking into the shower, like their face was right up on the shower, <laughs> and then a guy holding a, a fucking huge water bottle. Yeah. Hold on, are are you oh, guys man. seeing it? Yeah. That's total total Amazon seller comedy. Oh yeah, this one. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. I'm gonna share that as promo image. Okay, boom, screenshotted. And then the uh, the the uh, 90 day FBA uh, discount code slide. Yeah, I got you, got you. I'm gonna screenshot that one. <clears throat> cool. Um, so, anyways, yeah, you guys already know. Links in the description. I'll go ahead and uh, and end the recording there. And uh, yeah, share this with a friend, guys. Anthony, thanks again. Uh, links in links in the description and subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube to his channel, to our channel, if you're not already and see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks so much. That was was killer. Take care, bro. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the FBA lifestyle podcast. Don't forget to follow on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Instagram. Ready to fast track your first or next FBA product Ready to create a real product that leaves the competition in the dust? Then check out the 90-Day FBA Challenge, a 12-week accelerator program with weekly coaching calls where we help you go from zero idea what to sell to a product live on Amazon within 90 days. And download the free Amazon Secrets ebook, FBA Lifestyle, The Amazon Experts. Start your FBA business. Achieve the freedom lifestyle.